Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode four, the problem of pronouns. You know the drill. You head down to the beach, start looking around in the rocks, and someone finds a periwinkle. Cries of delight, ooh, ah, and then someone says, ah, he's so cute. Or you see an amphipod scurrying away when you move around some seaweed, and someone says, ah, look at that little guy. You dig up a clam, and someone says, hey, little fella. I could go on, but I probably don't need to. Some of you listening know where I'm going with this. Unless we are explicitly told an individual organism is female, we refer to it as male. You don't even think about it, until you do. And then you'll hear it everywhere, and it will drive you crazy. Naturalist and author Lyanda Lynn Haupt writes about this phenomenon in the pronoun preface to her book Crow Planet. She writes, When I have a good reason to guess that a crow is either male or female, I refer to it, naturally, as either he or she. When I'm unable to reliably determine a crow's sex, I often make an intuitive guess, knowing that I have a 50% chance of being wrong. And so, even though I call many crows in this book he or she, they may actually be the other. I've noticed that whenever I refer to a crow as she in conversation, I am invariably asked, how do you know it's female? However, if I refer to a bird as he, no one ever asks how I know it's male. Not ever. Our efforts to move towards inclusive language in our lives and literature seem to have stopped cold in our discussions of the natural history world, where all animals are still neutrally male unless we know better. I've been actively trying to dismantle the default male pronoun syndrome in my own language because we live in a time when we understand that using the male pronoun isn't and has never been neutral. Language matters, and I don't want to refer to something as male unless there's a good reason to. That is, it is male, and being male is relevant to whatever it is we're talking about. To do this, I've been investigating how you do differentiate between sexes in the intertidal organisms I visit when I go to the shore. And for intertidal organisms, it is difficult. There are many hermaphroditic animals in the intertidal for whom our simple gendered pronouns are not applicable. And the macroalgae, don't get me started, they are wildly complicated. But look to the untrained eye, virtually the same, regardless of mating type or phase of reproductive cycle. Of the animals that do come in two mating types or biological sexes, some are easy to tell apart and others much less so. Many animals exhibit sexual dimorphism, males and females that have some kind of different external presentation, different sizes, or different colors. The non-taxonomist can easily tell a male elephant seal from a female seal, based on size. The bigger horseshoe crab in the mating pair is the female. Examples abound. Likewise, I bet we can all tell a female ruby-throated hummingbird from a male based on color. For those species that do not exhibit sexual dimorphism, it takes an internal investigation by somebody with at least some, if not extensive, training in the anatomy of the organism in question. For example, apparently you can tell male and female common periwinkles apart, but only during the mating season when the males grow a penis directly behind their right tentacle. All of the true crabs in our area can be sexed by looking at the apron, a feature of the shell on the underside of the crab, Long and pointy is male, broad and rounder is female. Though when the crabs are young, it's very hard to tell if what you are looking at is long and pointy or wide and broad. In clams, mussels, limpets, barnacles, sea urchins, sea stars, there is no external weight to tell. 
But you know what I am 100% sure of? They aren't all male. So does it even matter which sex things are? If you're doing scientific research, it might. If you're just enjoying your day at the beach, probably not. But in that case, let's stop referring to all of them as male and pretending that females or hermaphroditic or asexual individuals don't exist in the population, because that is what the default male pronoun does. We have a full slate of non-gendered pronouns at our disposal. And if you're still struggling to be comfortable using them with humans, periwinkles will make great practice. This has been Episode 4 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used with permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening, and join us next week. 